This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. Hey, Bob. All right, let's get this rock and roll. How are you doing, Nick? Bob, I'm doing great, my friend. Um, no, it's uh, having a good time. Actually, today, um, I treated my first formal patient um, under my PT license, so I certainly took longer than some people did. I've certainly kind of seen and helped a lot of people along the way, but in terms of a full kind of patient eval, getting reimbursed by the system, um, today was the first day. Wow, congratulations. January 22nd, 2020. There we Big go. Big day for Nick Davis. That is great. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the case? Or I'm curious, what was your first uh, ever first patient, yeah. formal patient? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, actually, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't fully expecting it today. So, um, you know, I was. I started my work at Evolution Physical Therapy, and it was uh, today and Friday that I had um, my orientation. And so, you know, I kind of thought it was going to be, you know, a general orientation stuff, which which it was to a degree. Um, we kind of had. They ran me through one of the uh, physical therapy led workout classes that they had in the morning. That's one of the many things they offer. So I could get a good feel kind of for what that was if I could lead a few of those soon. Um, then got set up with the new system and everything, showing around the clinic a lot more, a lot of the staff, but then I had two emails on my schedule. Um, so I wasn't necessarily anticipating that, but hey, that's completely okay. Um, yeah, so this morning I had a uh, young 30, uh, 30-something-year-old, won't get the exact age, a woman, a woman, she was a very active runner, cyclist, does Pilates a lot. Um, anyways, ended up coming down that um, her main complaint irritation was um, SI joint dysfunction. And it was more on her left side than her right. And, you know, I had a, it was a great conversation with her because actually, Bob, you and I, we've spoken about this in the past. Is, you know, is SI joint really even a... Uh, a thing to consider, and is it really a pain generator? Is it a main cause? We kind of debated this back and forth. And so for her, it was cool kind of empowering her, saying that, hey, listen, the only time you're experiencing this is running, it's the compressive forces, um, and really describing to her that the SI joint is a, is a place, is a energy transfer place throughout the kinematic chain, and we're going to work on addressing stability. Um, through the area with her to really help out and reduce some of the inflammation. And so that was cool to go off of and just really reassure her um, that her issue was not from the lumbar spine at all, especially because her father was an orthopedic surgeon. So it was uh, it was a good conversation starting out that way. So that's where it's every bell. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's interesting. It's, uh, it sounds like you, you built some sort of connection already um, and educated her on something. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, uh, then the uh, the second case was a good one. Um, he's actually, uh, so he's uh, young 30s as well. Actually, uh, doesn't relate to the case whatsoever, but he's new, a new father. Um, so he's, uh, kid's only like three weeks old or something, so he's not getting as much sleep. So in that case, maybe it does relate. Um, he's been having some knee pain for a long time, past ACL surgeries, past uh, meniscal repair, and he had some back pain as well. So he's coming in for bilateral knee pain and some back pain. Um, and really, I mean, it's, he's one of those people that he just needs to move in the right way and to re-educate and to kind of get himself back on track, strengthen the posterior chain. Um, so he's one of those cases that might not have a ton wrong, 
but at the same time was a lot that was kind of interfering with his daily life. Um, he likes doing 100 miles plus cycling rides. He likes playing a ton of tennis that kills his back. His back's aching in the morning. Um, so he ended up having a, um, a disc irritation in the back that um, we're, able to, we're able to help fix and at least kind of tone down temporarily. Um, seeing him again this Friday, and then for the need to really just work on that um, dynamic valgus control. He's having a good amount of irritation around the meniscus where the repair was. So, you know, we're working on some hamstring mobility and some functional coordination um, because that fascia of the hamstring does touch the meniscus. So we're working on that irritability to kind of free it up. And then, you know, working on a lot of close chain stability too because um, his squat was, I'm not going to say awful, but it was uh, poorly coordinated. And okay. um, he's having some past ankle ligament uh, full tears. So we're working on some good single leg deadlifts. So really just getting this guy moving, getting him stronger again. He wants to get back to full length of exercise. Awesome. It sounds like a, a productive and fruitful first day of evals and, and that uh, orientation. It was. So I got a couple follow-ups on Friday and four more evals on the slate. So I'm looking forward to it, Bob. It's been good. How are you? Well, enough about me. How are you, my friend? You're still I'm in clinical. Cool. You're still working. Yeah, I, I'm still in school. I'm still doing my clinicals. Um, just making it through. Um, so there's a topic that I love to talk about today and hear your thoughts. Um, so we'll, we'll put the accountability towards the end, like always. But um, the the topic that I'd like to talk about is this Excuse me, uh, is this um so so here's a little bit of backstory before like I, I tell you the prop. So basically ICE physical therapy, that's like um it's the due to clinical excellence, that's a, a physical therapy company. Um they have like a question and answer session where they answer questions on their podcast, so you submit questions. And today, um one of the podcast hosts talked about my question. Um he gave some great answers and, and I love to hear what your thoughts are on the question. So basically the question is, um, what are some risks that physical therapies, that physical therapists, especially new grads or just any physical therapist don't take, but if they did take, would excel their career by a lot? Ooh. Do you want, to, you want me to repeat the question or you you feel like you got that? Well, no, repeat it for myself and for the audience, but that is a good question. So so the question is, um, what are some risks for physical therapists, especially new grads or any physical therapist in general, that they can take, but most physical therapists do not take, that can really accelerate their career or whatever they they want to do in the physical therapy realm? So uh, to build off that, the, the podcast person, Jeff Moore, that's the CEO of the company ICE. Um, he, he gave three things that I thought were very interesting, um, but also were common sense. But before I, I, I share his, I would love to hear your perspective, and then maybe I'll also share my um, perspective as well. Yeah, I'll um, I'll share three of my own thoughts. Um, let me let me think about what order I want to do this, and that's by the way a fantastic fantastic question. Um, I think, number one, I think that people hesitate and what they're apprehensive of is really treating their patients and pushing and challenging their patients. I think as physical therapists, we're afraid to 
um, give people appropriate loading when it's on the higher end of it. I think sometimes we're afraid to push into people's irritability of their, in terms of irritability of their tissue, maybe not emotional irritability, um, to really get a strong sense of exactly um, what we're dealing with. We don't have to make people miserable, but we've got to get a true sense of where they're on the spectrum and to challenge people so that we can truly empower them. That's number one. Um, I think number two in terms of accelerating the career for where we're uncomfortable is being willing to create your own career, not just, you know, saying, okay, what's my company's policy on, you know, how much money are they going to reimburse me for CEUs this year? How many CEUs do I need to uh, get my license certified and that kind of thing. Um, but instead, no, just what's the development you want? Um, and we go ahead and take those CEUs, take those important courses that are developed, that develop your agenda. Um, if you want certain mentors in the field, don't be afraid just to reach out to them. The worst they're ever going to say is no, and probably they'll be willing to work with you in some way, shape, or form. Show your persistence in that. Um, so those are two of my top ones. And the other thing is I think that we just need to be ready to develop ourselves as people. And sometimes I think we get so caught up in, you know, we're physical therapists and we're in this physical therapy world. And sometimes based on that, we forget that, hey, we're people and what makes us a better person will in turn make us a better physical therapist too. So those are my top three, Bob. I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, what will be your thoughts and then the reflections from Jeff Moore. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I, I, so my thoughts on this question were, were similar to yours. Um, more so, I guess, general population, not really relating to, to physical therapy, um, but I think the biz biggest risk that you can take to really fully accelerate your career, um, but most people don't take, is, is just to to ask to to ask for things that even though you feel like you'll bother other people. Um, so, so asking for maybe maybe a promotion or maybe a, an opportunity to go to a certain opportunity, asking for a raise, asking for um, time off if you want it, um, because it asking asking for other pe uh for favors or for whatever i think um it really that that really puts you out of your comfort zone and most people like to be comfortable and, and if they ask something from from somebody else that and they get rejected that that's uncomfortable and people don't like to take that risk but if they know uh the benefits that could come out from just asking a question even mm -hmm. if even if they say no there's a possibility that the other person could say yes and your whole career can change for, for the better. For example, if, if you want more time to, to be with your kids, but you're afraid to ask for that because you don't want to take the risk of, of um, being perceived as like a slacker or being perceived as like you don't want to work here anymore or maybe even being afraid that, that you'll get a pay cut if you, you work less, just expressing that, that oh, I want time off to be with my family, um, that that's a risk in itself. I don't know if I'm, I'm confusing myself or, or confusing you as I'm saying this. Um, but, but Bob, Bob that, that makes sense. The idea of, hey, let me ask for something of that. I mean, I was talking to other therapists about this today and the other day and listening to a podcast recently too where, you know, everything we do is a opportunity cost. You know, let's say we're more invested on, you know, social media and marketing. Let's say we're more invested in the clinic. Um, I think it's acknowledging that both professionally and personally, we have other things that matter to us, you know, and it's maybe we're nervous because it might look bad to the clinic, quote unquote, that 
you know, we care about time with our family. But, dude, if you care about time with your family, you've got to stand up for yourself and make sure you get that family time. And it, just because you say you want family time doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't care about your clinical. Like, there has to be a balance. Yeah, she said that so much better than me. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that this was – I think that was the point I was trying to get across. Um, but, yes, going back to the podcast that was, I think, released two days ago, three things that Jeff Moore talked about. Um, the first one is – um, less related to clinical skills, but more so based on geographic location. So what are some risks that um, clinicians can take but don't take moving to a new place that can further excel their, their clinical knowledge, their clinical expertise, which when he said that, it made me really think of you because you literally moved across the country to go to a place that can better your clinical skills by a lot. Well, um, here's, here's the interesting thing with that, too, for me is that I mean, you, it's not only that I ended up going here, but my top two choices at the time for the two places in really the country I thought I could better myself was one was all the way out here, and another one for me was probably only about 25 minutes from home. And so it really is, it was a tempting situation, and it was a slightly more comfortable situation to probably stay, stay near home. But um, I knew ultimately this one had a bit of an edge, and I'm still thankful I did make that jump. Yeah, no, I. So you, you did have two options, but you weren't locked down geography, like saying that I have to be at Ithaca, I have to be in Connecticut or whatever. You, you had the freedom to move wherever you wanted, and that's that's a risk that many people. What, what Jeff was saying that many people don't take because they're set in a certain place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, the the second thing. And the second thing that Jeff talked about, which I feel like he was talking to me when he answered my question, um, but he, he talked about patience. Um, so he, he broke down in, uh, two things, so uh, vertical development and horizontal development. Vertical de- development is more so like you're building your brand, you're starting things by yourself, um, doing things right out of, out of the gate and just trying to excel in either the business world or the branding world or whatever, um, but not so much the horizontal route. And the horizontal route, that's more where patience comes in. And the horizontal route is like building uh, connections with other people, building relationships, building that drama foundation. Um, so he gives a quote of, if you want to move fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go in groups. And he talks about how when you're building that horizontal um, skill, you're building those connections. That takes a long time. Whereas we're just going through that branding and you're just going through the marketing, going going to things right at the gate and trying to go fast and alone, that could be a detriment that most clinicians try to do because right now there's um, this, this shiny object syndrome of, oh, it's so cool to, to start a clinic. It's, it's so cool to do things by yourself. It's so cool to start a, a cash practice as a side hobby. Um, and even though there's risk attached, <clears throat> Jeff says that there's a lot more risk, uh, benefit to the risk of being patient and building out your your uh, relationships and then going together as a group then, because you'll go so much farther if you went um, than if you went by yourself. You know, Bob, I want you to um, continue and finish the thoughts that Jeff Moore had, and I'm really interested, but I'm also, we're, we're going to bring this up later in today's podcast. I'm interested in how, I'm very interested how that last point that you just said 
how that applies to your own life and a lot of these ambitious plans that you have for yourself in the next year or two. Um, I'm curious to hear your reflections on that and how it relates or how it doesn't relate to that point just more. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. So I, was, I was driving home today um, after my clinical. I was, I was thinking about that. Um, it was it was in my mind. I, I don't know what to think. Um, this reaction that I had was, yep, he's definitely talking to me. He was like, yeah, Bob, um, this is what I think. And then he said whatever. Um, so I know he was, like, talking to me because I sent him an email about, like, starting, starting a, a clinic about, um, I guess, maybe like a what's the exact word like a franchise of um a nice physio clinic so i I emailed him about that um so i'm pretty sure he was talking directly to me so so how i reflected um the first thing that came to my mind was um the building the connections part which is definitely going to be hard for me because right right coming out of the uh coming out of school there's literally no connections other than the connections that my parents have built um, with other clinicians, with other uh, doctors, and all the relationships that my, my parents have built within the clinic itself. So that first thing that popped into my mind, and again, it made me think about the whole situation, but th- there's no other option for me. I'm, I'm fully committed into doing all the ambitious things that I've been talking about on this podcast. I like it, Bob. I, I like how it goes from, you know, thoughtful, reflective. I'm not sure there's a lot to kind of existentially consider to. But I'm committed. I'm going after it. I'm going to get it, guys. It's great. And uh, and I'm, I'm not even being completely sarcastic. I um I admire that about you, Bob. Yeah, the, there's – I have a, a set plan in mind. Um, although in the last week it's been thrown off a little bit, but other than that, I have a set plan. I'm going to try to go after it, um, like everything else. And I know that as long as I just put the work in and put my mind in it, as long as I have some luck, just a little bit of luck, it'll go through, and I know things will happen. You know, Bob, just like you uh, you talked before about you believe in loading your patients, about um, kind of giving them more load and loading them appropriately, I mean, resistance is feedback, right? So what's the difference between along your journey, along your way, things don't go 100% smoothly. You have these opportunities now to learn from this resistance, to learn from this feedback, to have more of a direct path anyways. Yeah. I know I reference this a lot. Um, my favorite muscle is the getting hit in the face muscle. Um, so as you're training it, you're, there's a lot more resistance coming in your face but you're also developing that muscle to make it a lot stronger. So every time you get hit in the face, you can get, you can take more resistance. Yeah, so, you you still got to be careful who you tell that to, though. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think on this podcast, uh, yeah, people will know yeah. what where, I'm where you, where you are. Where you are, is this you removed from everybody here? Yes, I think that's a good idea. If you're yeah. like hanging out meeting Mike Tyson for the first time, uh, I might bring up a different topic of conversation. Yeah. I think I'll use a, a different analogy if, if I ever meet Mike Tyson. Um, but that's where I'm at with – oh, and then the third risk um, that Jeff Moore talks about is um, just doing the things that other clinicians aren't willing to do. And then that will – I mean, that's a very general statement, but that will totally set you apart from every other clinician. So an example of that is, is working on the weekends. Like most people don't want to work on the weekends. Most people don't want to work late. Most people don't 
want to do the things that might uh, be a detriment to, to other factors in their life. Um, but, but what separates a good clinician from a great clinician is, is doing the things that regular clinicians or good clinicians won't want to do. So an example of that is working on weekends, a little bit more of those relationships on those weekends, um, having more of the opportunity to practice work. Um, but it, it's a, I highly recommend that episode. I'm probably going to listen to again to, to that episode again like two or three more times. Um, just, just to really think it through, just to really have that thought process. Um, but, but now that you hear the three that Jeff talked about, I want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts about those? I mean, they, they certainly make sense, Bob. In a way, it's an interesting dichotomy to, uh, you know, what he talked about with that last point you said about, um, you know, be willing to do what other therapists won't. But on the very opposite side of it, he also kind of said you need to, you need to hold up to your standards. You need to hold up to your priorities, what else you want out of life besides just um, the physical therapy part of it. So I think it's, I think it's interesting and great that really at the root of all this is to say, okay, who are you? What kind of clinician, what kind of person do you want to be? Based on that, what are your priorities? I mean, get all the BS out of the way, you know. Oh, you know, you don't want to travel to this or the other thing. You have to stop being so picky sometimes. Sometimes it's as simple as who are you? What do you want to be? What do you want to develop? And then how can you get connected with those opportunities? And really getting all the little small things out of the way, stop being so picky with the initial encounters when going and make it happen. I think that that's, that's why it can be so exciting sometimes kind of getting your new, um, your first new job and everything, um, get going in those natural stages in our life. Like I'm going through and like you'll go through very soon, those natural stages of transition, it's eyes wide open, it's a world of opportunity. So really we've always got that world of opportunity. It's just are we willing to see it for that or not? Um, and I think that, you know, we really just need to open our eyes and if we see everything as an opportunity, we either one leave that situation really quick or have reminders of how blessed we are to be in the great situation we are. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. That's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I like to also move, I guess, more into the accountability piece from last week. Is that okay with you? We can do both. So, so last week we talked about how, um, well, for me, for, for me, last week my goal was was to meet with my mom for for an hour and also talk about how exactly I'm going to fit into my mom's ecosystem of of treating clients right now. Uh, I like that word ecosystem. That's good, Bob. That uh, that puts to use our, uh, in my mind, my wasted half a semester of doing our biology two course freshman year of undergrad. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's a good use of the word, and it's hopefully a good use. Uh, yeah, from, from from that course. That's where I learned ecosystem. <laughs> but, um, but so so basically, I came up with a plan. Uh, a little bit of backtracking before I explain. Um, I'm all over the place today, but um, so I talked about like a mishap that happened last week that, that kind of put a dent in my plan. Um, so I tried, I told you that I tried to um, study for the boards, take the boards early. Um, so unfortunately, my school denied me to take um, the boards early, so I had to take it uh, with everybody else at the normal time. Um, I, I, I might have, uh, for not on the public here listening, I might have some uh, 
interesting politics about why that happened, but uh, that's, that's a battle for another day. Okay. Um, you said you had some some thoughts about uh, the politics? Is that what you said? I, I might have some inside information as to uh, why those regulations exist by our school automatically now. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I uh, applied for it. I, I gave uh, my reasoning. I gave uh, a detailed plan of how I was going to study, uh, but the, the reason why that I got denied was, was because my, my fourth clinical, my clinical in the summer, um, was was too good of a clinical for for me to study for my board to take the board then. So that was the primary reason that. Do, do you believe that, or is that what they said? Um, I, I do believe that. I do believe my, my last clinical is is a an is amazing opportunity. Um, so yes, I do believe that. Um, but I also do believe that I could study through it. But yeah. it's okay. Um, just, just take, like I said, with with the the punches in your face, you just take the resistance, and as as time goes on, you just get stronger and stronger to the resistance that hits the face. Um, so going back to to how exactly I am going to fit it. So right now, there's technically no front desk to my mom's clinic. Um, it's pretty much like a shelf of of medicine cabinets, of just cabinets in general, and yeah, plan, I, I remember one there once. I remember. Yep, yep. So the plan is to just remove the back cabinets, put like a table or a table with a computer to, for like a front desk um, staff, aka probably me initially, and then room for a chair and everything um, there. And then what I'm planning on doing is I'm, there's two rooms in the back that my mom doesn't really use, uh, but it's big enough for an email room and to for an initial eval room and to put a punt in there, plus some, some uh, maybe even a squat rack in the back room along with kettlebells and everything that you need in like a, a regular gym or a regular physical therapy place. So my plan is to take the back two rooms while the outside still functions as an acupuncture clinic. And I'm going to work there three days a week um, with an acupuncturist. So the plan would be for um, – for patients to get acupuncture and physical therapy. I don't know how exactly the insurance is going to work on that yet. Um, that's that's more reality questions that I'll have to figure out in the future. But the plan right now is um, I'll need referrals for patients to come in um, to, to get, for me to treat that, for me to bill for insurance. And my mom has decent relationships with a doctor um, that's literally – a five-minute walk from our from her clinic. Um, so our plan right now is to, to, to better develop our relationship with them um, currently. Uh, that way we can get more referrals from, from that source, uh, FV-wise. Um, and it'll just be pretty much, I'll be working there three days a week, two working on the other four days a week, um, and then we'll hire doctors or acupuncturists for me to work on along them. So how I initially plan on uh, getting patients in the door, I actually had um, an opportunity to, to do a silver sneakers class. Do you know what a silver sneakers class is? Yeah, I do, yeah. So I never heard of it, and I participated in one today, and it was actually amazing. Uh, the guy was dancing and teaching all these old people. And he, he was telling me how um, how he built relationships with SNFs and assisted facilities was offering free Silver sneaker classes to those places, 
and then the, the facility places the staff say that they need PTs, OTs, um, and then that's how their relationships develop. So I was thinking of of the days where I'm there at the clinic that are not fully booked. I'm gonna go find places where I can give, go to gyms where I can give classes that are not really um, silver sneaker classes, more so like high intensity interval training classes um, for free as well as going to assisted living places giving silver stinks classes for free. Um, just, just going out and kind of building those community relationships that for, for free initially, building those testimonials, um, and then grabbing the clientele. Because obviously, um, the first few months, just realistically speaking, um, getting patients through the door, I'll probably have like one or two people on my schedule per day initially, and then slowly it'll ramp up. But that's that's the current plan, and it seems like I want to say it's like milky solid um, of a plan. But I want you to be hard on me, Nick, and tell me tell me your thoughts. You know, Bob, when I think about my plans for the future, is oftentimes I'm a guy who I know my predispositions, I know my biases, I know that I do well when I have a little bit of leeway and go with the flow, but also I do value that accountability. So it can be a tough dichotomy to work with. Yep. Um, I think you've done a great job of acknowledging um, the practicality of, you know, what's going on with your mother's clinic where you can um, put yourself in there. I think that you've done a great job with saying, hey, here's what I have to offer where I can see myself a role. Here are the things I need to focus on, aka getting some uh, physician referrals and building up that community. So I think you've done a great job of outlining, hey, here's what I need to do. Um, the thing I might encourage you to do more of is saying, hey, immediately out of school, what are my top three to five priorities? What are my top three to five priorities in building myself in this clinic? What are the action steps I need to do consistently to make it happen? What are my five priorities? What are my five actionable steps that I can do? Is that basically what you said? Yeah, that everything else will build off that, but based on this kind of vision you have for yourself, that everything else works from there. So so let me give you another way to, to say it for, for more so for me. Um, so what is the, the five or what are the, what are the, what is the one big domino that I have to do to knock down every single day? When I do start there to, to to get to where my goal is. Yeah. Okay. I that makes it a lot more specific that I really like. That I yeah, really but here's, about. The, here's the thing, Bob. So please don't discredit yourself because if you didn't do the part you already did, the part I suggested would not work as well. Okay. Because so I think the part that I just did was was more so we talked about outcome goals and process goals. So outcome goals is like the, the broader goal that you have. Process goals are, are one of, more so the finer actionable details um, or the finer actionable goals that you can actually do that are step by step more actionable. Um, and I think I'm missing that right now that I should figure out um, five process goals or five action steps that I should be doing consistently once I get in that clinic. So yes. once, thank yeah. you, thank you for taking my words and articulating them to a much better degree. No, I think 
I was thinking about what I should do next, and that sounds like the perfect thing I should be doing. And and I want to thank you for, for that reminder, Nick, because like obviously we know about these things, process goals, outcome goals, and having step by step plans. Once you have the big big part, but once you're in the weeds, it's hard to like remember. It's hard to do it. Um, but again, with this accountability, you take you're at an outside view, and you can look in and see a broader range of things that that are happening or that or shouldn't or are not happening and should be happening. So thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Absolutely, Bob. It's part of the journey, my friend. I know I've asked the same as you in the past. Yeah. So I I, I like that. I, I think I'll, we'll keep that as the goal for next week and talk about it next week. Perfect. All right. Nick, I think this is a good place to actually end the podcast. Um, we, we talked about the, the, the few risks physical therapists should make. Um, that would help, I guess, overall career development, personal development, um, and it's been some of my accountability. So thank you again for your time, Nick. You want to add anything else? Yeah, Bob, I w- I'll just add that, uh, you know, we talked through the lens of physical therapy today and kind of business planning through that and the risk people take, but no matter what profession you're in, no matter what you aspire to be, no matter what career changes you have, there are always risks involved, and I think that the best people because no matter who you are in your profession, the best people are the best of their profession. And you've got to be willing to take the risks at hand. And I think all these principles absolutely apply no matter what your profession is. I love it, Nick. I love it. All right, so I'll see you next week. All right, Bob Chang. Do well, my friend. Bye-bye.